an overview of the Aruba Certified Design Expert Certification with Tony Malika. Episode 18. I'm tilting at windmills. Let's see if anyone else gets that. Hey Ziglets, nerds, and geeks alike. Welcome back for another episode of the ZigBits Network Design Podcast, where zigabytes are faster than gigabytes. As always, we strive to provide real-world context around technology. I'm Michael Ziga, also known as Zig in this community, and I am your host. So today we have a great show for you. We have a, a great uh, uh, guest expert um, that I actually have uh, some experiences with uh, working hand-in-hand at a value-added reseller recently. Um, his name is Tony Malika. And uh, today we actually have a different type of show. Um, we're going to go over some... Um, back into the, the design certifications that we kind of started out with a CCDE um, with uh, Jeremy Philbin a couple months ago. So today we have a Tony and, and Tony, we are going to go over uh, the Aruba uh, Certified Design Expert Certification or the ACDX uh, is I believe what it's called. Um, I know nothing about the certification and uh, Tony is going to join us today and kind of go over the certification. Um, he has recently achieved that certification and kind of get us some history and some details on that certification. So without any further ado, I just would like to welcome Tony to the show. Absolutely. This is fun. This is this is a nice format. It's, it, there, it's called Ziglets, right? So that's, I, am I an official Ziglet? Can it be a, can I be a Ziglet as well? Yes, is that yes. Okay? Anyone can be a Ziglet okay. if they want to be a Ziglet. Okay. It was uh, just a quick little thing that, that was made up. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, anyone can be a Ziglet that wants to follow and, and kind of give back to the community and, and um, even be part of the show too. So uh, maybe Excellent. maybe someday there'll be some merchandise too. I don't know. That That's kind of a, a pipe dream, right? So um, There you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll uh, Go ahead. I would say I'll buy the shirt. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking like polos and shirts and um, sweatshirts and whatnot. Maybe some hats, you know, some merchandise just eventually if it goes, uh, gets a little out there. Um, Long-term plan, right? So some stickers and whatnot. Um, There you go. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but thanks for joining us today. I really appreciate it. I know we've worked in the past together, um, and the ACDX is something that I was looking at just because of. I know you had gotten it, and you had gone down that path after I passed the CCDE. So I'd love to hear more about it. Right um, before we jump jump right into that, though, can you kind of go into some detail on like yourself and who you are and how people can get a hold of you if it's on Twitter or LinkedIn or whatever? Well, uh, sure. Well, I'm I'm kind of a oddball of sorts because you know growing up i i wanted to be a musician so music is i first identify myself actually as a musician and then somewhere along the way in my 20s i found myself uh, into technology and i remember uh, you know my dad looking at me sternly one day and saying why are you going to college for music you you should be an engineer you know and just like your dad and your brother and your cousins and your other family members we're all engineers and so i was kind of the black sheep in the family i broke all the rules and i decided i wanted to you know be the more artsy type so i went to school for music study music i can play anything on a piano i still play um and uh, and i still do that but somewhere along the line i got more serious about life and i kind of revisited that whole technology thing. And uh, in the early 90s, I started to get 
temp jobs doing database programming and little things I could just pick up. My friend bought a gateway computer. I don't know if you remember gateways in the early nineties, but my friend, my friend brought this gateway computer. And so when he was at work and I was looking for a job, I'd go on the gateway and I'd learn all these programming languages and how to do things, database and stuff. So I got my first job doing that. And that would be like 91, 92. And then uh, 93, I was invited to work at a startup company in you know, out in the woods of, you know, West, Westford, Massachusetts, which is kind of a, you know, rural city out there. And, uh, and I knew it from, you know, other head friends and everything out there. So I started working at this little startup company called Cascade Communications in 93, and I was their SQA engineer. And so uh, they introduced me to networking technologies. At the time, it was Frame Relay. It was a, Ooh. you know, layer two technology for WAN. Uh, that was the big thing. And, you know, speeds, uh, you know, high speed was, you know, 1.5 megabits per second, right? T1 speeds. We all love Frame Relay, don't we? Well, you know, it's funny. I remember the first meet meeting, and he was talking about how these devices would connect. I'm like, well, wh- why are they all connecting? And and the routing protocols, and I was just way over my head. But I quickly understood this was all really about computers ultimately communicating with each other, and that's really what's the foundation of building the internet. And they sold these frame relay switches to AT and T and Verizon, and then they went public, and you know, stock options came with that. And uh, and I really started my career in '93 uh, with working at Cascade Communications. And then after about five years, uh, I w- ended up working at Lucent Technologies. I was, you know, the guy that knew Frame Relay and ATM. ATM was another protocol. Um, it was a fixed packet size, and so it had some benefits uh, that the carriers were looking at, and it was very popular in Europe. And so I got a job at Lucent Technologies to be the Frame Relay and ATM expert, and and I met with a lot of carriers back then. It was called they were called Celex. You probably recognize that term. Yep. Yep. Uh, so that that was where my career started, and somewhere along the way, uh, my Cisco Ethernet IP routing skills started to become important uh, uh, to the job, and so I ended up eventually getting certifications in Cisco routing and switching, and started working with businesses, with campus lands and architectures, and I got consulting jobs, setting up networks. Uh, I worked for um, a number of organizations, consulting organizations in the South and uh, in Charlotte. Uh, I ended up doing some serious routing protocols. I worked, at, for instance, at Fidelity Systems, and I did a you know so I was I helped them with their core network. So they had you know BGP and route maps and all that sort of thing. Um, so I got a lot of experience just being, I just never quit. That's what happened is I never quit in this field. And, uh, I've been doing this for uh, 27, 26 years, something like that. Wow. That's a long time. It's a long time. I've been, I've seen a lot. Uh, but right now my focus is back in the campus. Uh, it's, uh, for the past few years, because I spent a few years working at HP networking, which became Aruba technologies and, uh, worked mainly in the new England region. And I'm talking like the past seven years. Yeah. Uh, and it was very much focused on campus wired and wireless networks, and there was some exposure to data center networking and converged infrastructure, etc. So uh, I've kind of done it all, uh, and now I'm in um, an LTA um, at uh, at E Plus Technologies, and um, still focusing on the campus and the core and all the surrounding technologies, network access control, uh, you know, etc. Right? I mean, awesome. that, you start at the campus and you just go from there, right? Can you tell us a little about uh, what an LTA is? The technical architect, uh, it's really an authority position where you drive the bi- the business or the region. Uh, in, in this case, it's a region, right? So, so E-plus is an, is an 
international VAR. Uh, you know, they have presence outside the U.S. They, they, they have a lot of um, offices in the U.S., but each each region of E-plus is kind of like a franchise. They they run their own, um, their own you know, business locally and have specific competencies that are driven by the LTA. Uh, and so for me, I'm bringing not only just my hardcore skills, but really uh, I'll, be, I'll be a visionary uh, in terms of looking at technologies uh, in the marketplace with an open mind to not be overly branded. In other words, I don't want to play brand preference. I want to p- play technology preference and then take those technologies and really apply the business value, the business justification for implementing those technologies. So again, it's, it's, it's looking at the business and understanding how the technology can help the business case or help the business model, or the business justification for the adaption of a specific technology uh, in the marketplace and which brand and which solution fits that particular customer. Because there's so many solutions. Yeah, there's so many out there today. Yeah, there, there are. And uh, not every, you know, not every... Uh, you know, solution uh, is right for every customer. So that's my job is to find out what solution is right for the customer and be a person of advisory, a person and to build trust with the customer. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. Being a trusted advisor and thought leader and all that kind of stuff. So that's great. Well, thanks for the background. I, I appreciate it. Yep. And, and kind of the, the you know, uh, where, where are you, uh, do you have a presence on the internet? Like a website, a blog site, LinkedIn, Twitter, anything like that, that um, the followers can follow you on? Well, okay. Well, so first of all, I like as I said, I'm primarily a musician. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm not primarily a musician. I am like, you know, I, I have the music side of me, and then I have the technology side of me. Just like so to create stuff. those are kind of t- two split personalities, right? So, on the music side, I have a website that um, is called MalikaMedia.com. You can go to that website. I have a long history of recordings and productions, and uh, that I've done with various individuals. Some that I've done myself, as well as worked with others, uh, recordings and productions. So I have a recording studio where I mix and produce, and I work with uh, songwriters. So that's where my music is. Um, in terms of my technology, uh, I don't have a blog specifically for technology, but I um, I work. You know, I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn easy enough, and it has my resume. And it, I can certainly, if someone wants to reach me through messaging through LinkedIn, I can easily be. You know, that's that's a good way to reach me from the technology perspective. Awesome, awesome. Well, so um, again, appreciate all the background information and, and how to contact yep. and everything. Um, so let's just kind of dive in. What is the ACDX? There's so let me give you a bigger picture and then I'll hone down on the on the ACDX specifically. So the big picture is uh, it's from Aruba Networks. Now Aruba Networks is a company that has both wireless and wired solutions. So they have campus wireless and wireless. They are a uh, they're owned by HP, so they're an HP brand right now. And in addition to that, they also have some other um, adjoining technologies, network access control, and they also have some um, user behavior analytics solutions as well. That's kind of newer. Um, so they so they have different uh, certification levels: the admin, the A level, the P level, and the X level. Right. So it's similar to other certifications. You know, Cisco certification has APX. So and this is the same. They follow a similar format. Um, so the administrator level, the A level is is just you know a basic uh, you know you have a basic understanding they also have some sales certifications as well and they focus they have a specific net network access 
uh, control a NAC product called ClearPass. That has its certification chain. And then in terms of uh, wireless networks and wired networks, um, on the wireless side, they have the Aruba certification, and they have two tracks. They have the, you know, the, the ACMP and the ACMX, and those are certifications for those that can configure very quickly and set up, you know, wireless networks. And then they have the design uh, certification track, which is follows the ACMP, but it also takes the the you know the, the design certification. So, uh, Aruba, their wireless solutions have very complex designs. Uh, they go from very small to very large. And as a result, you need to have a design certification, understand what products fit, what are the wireless design requirements. And then aside from that, they also have the wired networking um, uh, certifications, which are um, the HPE MACE um, or ASE certifications, as well as some Aruba certifications that they're trying to build in, like the ACSP, so the switching professional, the ACX. So, so that's kind of like the whole overview. And the DX, ACDX, is specifically you are a specialist, you're an expert in Aruba wireless network and design and architecture. You can build and design wireless networks. Awesome, awesome. So we, we just answered the question, what is the ACDX? So let's uh, kind of move on and, and ask the question, how do, you, how do you become an ACDX? How do you obtain that certification? Well, so, so it's like any, you know, the, the way to become an ACDX is first to, to find yourself in a position where you feel like this is a right career move for you because these are career certifications. And if you um, want to commit yourself to being an authority of a specific brand and a specific architecture, then it, it makes sense to do that. Um, the education itself is gives you a lot more beyond just simply Aruba. It really teaches you about wireless networking. It teaches you about RF space. It teaches you about things that you don't normally learn about, DFS channels and uh, channel width and channel reuse issues and coverage issues and you know, everything related to just wireless. So just the education of becoming an ACDX really is enlightening. It gives you an understanding of wireless that you can carry across solutions outside the Aruba. But it also does focus on specifically how Aruba does it and some of the specific features that they have. So the way to go about it is um, you can go on the uh, community sites of Aruba Networks, community.arubanetworks.com, and you can look at their... Um, they basically have reference design guides, and you can read through those reference design guides to understand Aruba's solutions. You have to be careful. I'm going to advise anybody that wants to do that, be careful, because some of them are very old. Um, so it's it's important to kind of look through to see which, which design guides make sense. Uh, reference design documents make sense for you to really focus on for the test. Uh, and so that's a, that's a main uh, way to get prepared for it. In addition, you should really understand the product list itself. Uh, the, you know, in order to understand the product list, you have to have a you know a lot. So if you work for a value at a reseller, you need to have a partner login where you can download this the you can download the uh, the product list because you're going to be handed that spreadsheet of literally thousands of products, and you better pick the right product. And so it's not like it's not as though you need to memorize every product, but you just need to know you know, which access point to choose and what if you want to mount it? What if it's an, you know, uh, an outdoor and you need a specific, you need, you need to do line of sight versus you want to do, you know, courtyard Wi-Fi. Well, which, which, you know, antenna would I use? How do I properly power this if they don't have PoE, right? So all these different uh, parts and, and products, you really need to kind of understand which, you know, what to do. So having the product set. Uh, and then from there, um, 
you know, uh, taking a, a, mo- a mobility class, I think, would be helpful. Aruba offers a mobility class. So if you're working for a value-added reseller partner, they have those classes for you. If you work, um, at, if you're a customer or if you're, you know, if you work for a company that has Aruba Networks, they have courses you can take as well. Talk to your boss, get some approval for some money spent, and it's it's definitely well worth it. But all of those resources are available. So community. Uh, arubanetworks.com. If you're a work for a company that owns Aruba, or if you work for a value at a reseller that sells Aruba, you can get one, get an account. Um, or and uh, um, asc.arubanetworks.com, which is a solutions um, portal where the community provides. You know, here's a CLI to set things up. So that's a good resource. Uh, that and they're just the arubanetworks.com website where you look at the different access points. So that's kind of how you prepare and. I also want to mention that when you take an ACDX course, it's mapped to a specific, you know, it's to a specific version. So I took the 6.4. Even though the, 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 there's, you know, the operating system now that they're working with is 8.2, I had to take the test for 6.4. So I had to think like I'm in 6.4 world. So you had to go a couple of versions back, kind of. You have to con- this is what you have to do to take the test. So there's here's this here's a little hint, right? You have to go back in time to the month that that operating system came out and you have to know the landscape of access point solutions and controllers and other things. You probably would want to know what new features came with that, right? And uh, and be prepared to, to respond to that operating system. Um, and they make that very well. I'm not I'm not giving you hidden information here. This is something that they they advertise. You're taking the six dot four, so be prepared to answer. Don't put in a new AP that you know requires six dot five or so. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the thing you got to watch out for. Um. So that's a great. That's a lot of information, right? That's it's not something that someone could just say. I'm going to go do this, and then next week do it, right? There's a there's a pretty big amount of work involved, pretty big amount of understanding from an Aruba perspective, product, uh, uh, probably theory, understanding of the technologies, um, and all that kind of jazz. Yeah, because there's there's really uh there's a there's a um you know where you're doing a you know, there's a questionnaire section where you're answering questions for a customer. So you you know really need to speak in terms of terms of you know what why the solution is. You know, I mean, you really need to understand wireless networks. No, this is not a quick easy thing to do. This is very hard. Don't worry if you fail. It might take you two or three times. That's normal. But this is a two year endeavor to be an ACDXU. When you get that certification, you have. You know, you ha- you ha- you can speak with authority on Aruba designs specifically for that, specifically for that operating system or that you know AOS level that you're at when you took the test, right? So you really understand that. So it's hard. It's a hard test, and uh, you know most people fail a couple of times before they passed. So yeah, I mean, you said two years. So that's probably a good average time frame is two years if you decide to go down that path until you actually are fully done, completed. You have the certification in hand. Yeah, and you know, don't forget the business justification. This is not a technology-only test. You know, this is a give me the business justification for companies wanting to spend all that money on APs and controllers and management and all that. I mean, you really have to understand the business case. It's not just a technology test. It's a design. That's what a design. So it goes into business for like requirements, constraints, drivers. It goes into um, business outcomes, uh, business ex- expectations type of uh, test. Um, that's the, like the the other design certifications do too. So I was just going to get an idea. Yeah, and and the operational. Um, what is the operational? 
uh, implication of a specific solution. You know, Aruba has what they call controllerless solutions, where what essentially happens is that you've got a lot of APs in the same broadcast domain, and one controller, one AP becomes a virtual controller. That's one solution, and then you have other solutions that are involved you know, actual hardware controllers that are sitting in a closet. And there's d- distinctions from an operational, from a, from a feature perspective, you know, what, you know, um, how does it affect the wired network, right? So all those things, how do you, how can you manage that? If you've got, if you, you're, you know, if you've got a, uh, a company with a hundred of the same exact, a hundred locations and they have the same exact requirements, right? So they have cloud management, they have, you know, in-house management software and solutions. So you've got a lot to choose from and choosing your solution. So you have to be prepared to really defend that design and architecture. That's an ACDX. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. Um, so, so that's a great understanding of what you have to know. Um, obviously it's a high level view of what you really have to know. I mean, you have to actually know a lot, right? Um, so the actual exam, like examination process, is that broken up in multiple steps? Is it one huge exam? Is it a board kind of exam? How's that broken up? Um, so they have the exam you can take in the West Coast and on in New York City on the East Coast. That's not really the East Coast. You want to call New York City the East Coast, but well, I don't know. Maybe some people do actually. But anyway, <laughs> it's New York City and and San Jose. Okay, uh, are the two locations, uh, and so they have continuing. You know they have an ongoing schedule where you can log in and to the to the portal to your part your customer portal and you can sign up for the taking the test. Uh, the test is an all day test. Um, what happens is you are given a random scenario on that's just it basically here's your sh- here's your notebook here's what here's what here's the customer requirements this is the name of the customer this is what they want to do and then you are given a computer and you have to go and you're basically given two weeks of work to do in eight hours. That's essentially oh, wow. what it is. That's crazy. How's that for? Yeah, yeah. That's crazy, yeah. <laughs> yes. So do you, you actually configure or it's all design related, right? You're doing like a, um, is it multiple choice driven? How is that broken up? No, it's it's all, it's all uh, you know, it's basically a uh, 12-page document describing the business requirements. And then they give you a spreadsheet and they say, okay, tell me how you would design this Wi-Fi network, the names of the SSIDs, all the different user roles. How would you configure those user roles? Wow. Because they have they have a, a, policy, a policy enforcement firewall, which is essentially a way to do network segmentation, right? You had yeah, a whole... Yeah. Uh, it's a blog on that, right? So network segmentation is enforced with you know rules that are assigned to specific individuals on their roles. So you have to design. You're going to get a lot of roles to design, or um, because you might have Joe in the office, but then what about Joe's role if he is working from home on a RAP, which is a remote access point? Um, you have to have a special role for that because maybe he wants to print to his printer. So you have to split tunnel in that role mapping when he's at home, but when he's in the office, right? So you have to think of all the different scenarios of the different types of individuals, the marketing group, the, uh, the accounting group, the IT administrator group, et cetera, and so forth, what DNS servers they're using, uh, wherever they are, whether they're at home or they, maybe you need a role for when they travel to an office in Asia, <laughs> right? So you have to <laughs> yeah, really yeah. think about that. <laughs> so you actually have roles and, and kind of rules for every little thing. every, every A design or a use case for every little thing. 
Wow. Every little thing. What is the what is the port profile for a printer or a Wi-Fi phone? And what are you going to prioritize if you connect a a wired phone in a remote office versus what you know? What I mean, so there's a lot to think through, and you've got to be on your feet. And like I said, it's two weeks of work and designing and architecting and doing the bill of materials, the management, the software, and obviously they're going to in- integrate network access control. They love their quick ClearPass products, so you're going to see ClearPass in there. You better get the right ClearPass appliance, the right size the right number of them, et cetera, and so forth. Wow, wow. I mean, is it, there's just obviously a time limit, right? So is it eight hours? Is that how long it is? Yeah, and here's another hint if you're taking it. If you finish like within 30 minutes of eight hours, then I would say that's a good sign that you did well. If you're scrambling <laughs> to get it done and the guy says, uh, you got t- 10 seconds left and you forgot this or forgot that, I mean, that's, that means I'm going to, I'm going to make an educated guess that you probably will have to come back. <laughs> so, um, so that's just, you know, but it, it is what it is. You get two weeks of work to do in eight hours. And so you actually physically go to like New York City or San Jose, um, get a hotel room, go to a location that the, the test is proctored at, um, you get your your scenario, um, and then you have eight hours to do the scenario, um, and then you leave. Uh, do you get the results as like when you're done, or do you have to wait? Oh, I wish. Weeks? I wish. <laughs> Don't we all wish? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember the feeling of leaving that test, going, "Oh, I forgot this. Oh, darn it! Air monitors. Did I do enough air monitors? You know, it's like all these little things that you could have done. Second guessing yourself you know, the whole time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Did I put that? Did I put that rule in so that he could do? public DNS, you know what I mean? I'm just thinking of all these things that I forgot. So I went like weeks sweating it out, wondering, you know, did I pass? Did I pass? And so it took them about a month, but they sent me the email, congratulations, here's your number. And it was just, it was the best feeling in the world uh, that I got that. I, I I can't tell you. There's two things they say, congratulate, no, three things. Congratulations, here's your number, what's your shirt size? <laughs> it's a, <laughs> it's the best shirt. email. That's awesome. Yeah. After all, all that. All in one email. Yeah. Do, do they at least so. provide lunch? Um, no, but they no? provide a lunch break. They okay, provide a lunch so. break. <laughs> so you get you get you get like a, what a thirty minute break to go get food and come no. back, or is it like you get a you are required to take a one hour break? You're oh, required really? wow. to. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you take a one hour break. Like... Can you leave or like? <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Wow. Well, they in New. I mean, I took the test in New York, and so okay. So so my experience in um. In Southern California, if you take the test, they take you down to the cafeteria. And by the way, it's an awesome cafeteria. Um, and in New York City, they, you know, they like, hey, what's everybody in the mood for? Hey, Italian, okay. And they go to a place and we order, you know, Italian and everyone is together. Uh, and you actually sit with the proctor and he, wa- you know, watches you and that sort of thing. And that's, gotcha. And they, okay. I'll go back together. Yeah. So it is like, because that would be my concern. You're leaving the facility, right? So if you already have all yeah, the information. Yeah, you're leaving the facility in New York City. Yeah. 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 So, um, well, that's, that's, that's great. So I, I had a, uh, for the, uh, Cisco design certification, um, exam, the four times I took that and I took that four times, um, you get the results yeah. instantly. Um, so there was no waiting period for me on all four, uh, attempts. Now today you have to wait 12 weeks to get a result. So, well, so, it's very, so that's interesting. Yeah. So is it because they like, they, do they test it with like uh, some sort of algorithm or some sort of automated, you know, or is it, you know, there's a quorum of people in a room like shaking their heads, you know, up, you know, with <laughs> I have no idea. Up thumbs down. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not privy to that information. <laughs> I, I, if I took a, an educated guess, I'm sure they're just trying to make sure that uh, um, the questions are fair. 
Um, yeah. And, and that they have a chance to validate the questions and the answers that they're getting for each question. And then maybe they can yeah. do something on that with statistics and, and scaling or whatever. But I have, I don't know yeah. any knowledge on it. So, you know, like, yeah, but it's yeah. interesting. So like you, you have to wait a month or two, however long you get your results and then you're, you can go party when you get your results. Right. Yeah. And you know, I, I, it, it really, I just, I can't tell you how enough how, how I'm glad that they do this because you stand out in the marketplace as someone who can speak with authority on what, on your knowledge. It really, it, 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 um, it really helps in that regard, uh, you know, to, to have that certification and be able to say, you know, cause you understand you did the work for it. You worked your, you know, you worked, you worked your tail off to get that I certification, mean, really, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so that speaks volumes. And the, and the same with your certification, the Cisco certification is the same way. I have great respect for for those that have passed the CCIE exam, I wouldn't wish that pain on my best friend, but I have a great <laughs> respect for those that have gotten CCIEs and CCDEs and such. Yeah, it's crazy, right? So um, I think I think we're a, a different breed, right? Um, especially people that decide to go down that pain path uh, a second or third time um, yeah. in their career. I mean, there's a lot of different expert um, level certifications, even without the expert or, or uh, a design in the name. I, I would say it's funny because you get a certification like that, a tough one, and you think, okay, you know that was painful. I don't want to do it again. But for some reason, I'm like, I'm working on my another. I'm working on another one. I'm oh, like, you are? okay, what I are you did this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm working on my, um, you know, ClearPass certification. I didn't know, and that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm working on that. I think there's a level of addict, addict. Um, um, uh, we get addicted to it. I was trying to figure out a different word, but I, you know, we get to a level of extent uh, being addicted to the like to studying and to learning and to to get yeah. to that that routine. You know, like it, it, for me at least, I don't. I mean, I know a few others in in the industry. I don't know about you, Tony, but um, you get into a routine where you're studying at certain times of day. You're you're labbing. You're you're researching. I mean, you're you're you get into that routine and you kind of get addicted to that that routine. And so, like I I did two IEs back to back because I was such a I was so addicted to the routine itself that I couldn't stop labbing. I couldn't stop. Like I just was I was enjoying it honestly. Yeah. Um. No matter how hard it was, I was still enjoying right. that that aspect. Um. Right. I've ta- I've taken the last year off though. So for me, at yeah. least. Is there anything else you want to talk about with ECDX specifically, like um, how to obtain it before we jump to the next kind of topic point? Well, I mean, I think I covered as much as I can on how to obtain it. Uh, read the you know, reference design documents that Aruba provides. That's a great place to really understand Aruba's specific approach to how they design arch- and architect networks. Some specific technologies they employ, like client match, and um, how they do, um, you know, ad- adaptive radio management, RF management. Uh, I think those are good things to know. How do they handle multicast in a control environment? So the different solutions. So um, the reference design documents, as I mentioned. The product manuals, uh, an overview of the of the products. Um, what per, you know, here's a good one. What in a Wi-Fi network? What product is regionalized? Right? Um, is the access point regionalized? Is the controller? You know, because there are different um, you know RF rules in different countries about what channels are allowable. You have to regionalize them. Um, so understanding, you know, if they give if they tell you that this is going to be in Japan, you better have the Japanese version of the product code, right? Um, exactly. And what, what, does that apply to the AP or the controller or the software, right? So, um, so all those things really just under, understand them and understand the values and um, when you when you put your bill of materials together and you design your solution. So the resources are there. I highly recommend it. But give yourself two years and don't give up because you fail the first time. Just go back and do it again. 
expect to fail. I, I, I'm going to butcher this, um, this kind of quote or saying that I've been saying lately because I, I write it down and that's how I usually say it. I don't have it written down, but, um, some people made a comment. I don't know if it was LinkedIn or Twitter or whatever. And I replied, uh, um, they made a comment about someone that's successful and, and that, um, they don't know what it means to not be successful. And I kind of came back and said that um, you have no idea that how many times that person failed before they became successful. Um, you know, just because they're successful now doesn't mean that they didn't fail. So we have to embrace failure. It's one of the things that I've been saying. Um, you have to embrace it because you're going to learn from it. And it, it, and if you let it get you down, then you're not going to continue to succeed. But if you yeah. let, if you let it embrace it, embrace it and you let it, teach you some lessons um you're gonna evolve you're gonna become better and you're gonna succeed so yeah i wholeheartedly agree with that i absolutely agree there all right off my soapbox so how many how many from your experience or your knowledge uh acdx's are there in the world today well i got my number was 736 and i got it in okay. july so i'm my educated guess somebody has to be number one <laughs> yeah. i don't think anybody's number zero so I've, I, if I just based on my number alone, I have to assume there's, you know, like 750, 800, something like that. Okay. Yeah. Something like that. And now how many are active? Um, now here's something that, that Aruba does that I know that Aruba doesn't do that Cisco died. Now Cisco puts an expiration date. Yep. So like you have a certification that's like good for so many years, right? Yeah. We, so the, any IE or DE, um, has to be renewed within two years. Yeah, and so how do you renew it? You take a test again or something? Yeah, so you don't. So I mean, so the breakdown of how the um, any of those level those expert certifications are, you have to take a written exam, which is traditionally like two hours. It's multiple choice, maybe some uh, simulators or simulates, whatever you want to call them. Um, and after that, you get to pass or fail. Um, you get a score, you know, and then after that, you move into the actual lab itself, um, which is an eight-hour lab. So there's two two tests. Is that the same thing for ACDX or just one huge test? So if you want to renew your CCIE in two years or your CCDE or two or three years, whatever, yep. do you have to go through the whole lab again? No, nope, no, nope, just, just the first part. Re- I got it. So anyone that has an IE or an, a DE can take a two-hour expert level certification if they pass it. Uh, sorry, level test, not certification. The written. If they pass it, then they renew all their IEs. Okay, and, and I think that's good. So Ruba doesn't really have the expiration model, but it's interesting because. Whenever you get an ACDX or an ACMX or even an ACCX, so the ACMX again is the mobility expert. That means you can configure whatever wireless network they tell you in your test. However crazy this wireless design is, you can design it, right? So that's the ACMX. You're a okay. you're a jock on the GUI and CLI, right? Gotcha. And then the ACDX is you can design the most complex network with network access control, network management, wireless networks, wired networks, you know, world, right? So you've got really complex wireless network design you can do. That's the ACDX. And the ACCX is you're a genius can setting up a clear pass network access control, right? And you can get away, uh, you know, you can get around that that product well. So you got these three. So they don't put an expiration date on the X exams, but what they do tie them to a version of oh, okay. operating system. So my ACDX is I'm an ACDX for the 6.4, but right now Aruba is already at eight, the eight level. And that's a whole different architecture. They've got virtual controllers. Uh, they have a lot of uh, hitless failover features. They've got a new way to do radio management, RF management. So um, even though I've got an ACDX, 
right? They're already up to a new version of code. So it's not though mine's going to expire, but I still have learning to do to be an expert in, in, in Aruba networks. Um, and that's what they, they kind of put, put on you to do that. They don't test you again, uh, but okay. you will expire yourself, right? You'll make yourself, you know, out of, you know, what's the word I'm looking for, right? You'll, you'll, you know, if you don't, if you don't know the latest, then your ACDX from eight years ago is not going to be helpful. You're out of that's context now. You know, you're not, you're not, yeah, you're not really needed because you don't know the version that's live today. You're not relevant. Yeah, ex- exactly. Right. So, so you should, you know, if you want to be an expert, you still got to study and learn. Uh, maybe you want to take the test again, especially if they've re-architected. Right. And at some point, I think they're going to come out with the eight versions of their products, which is again a whole new architecture. Yeah, but in that mindset, though, I mean, your ACDX never expires, but it says it's got, you know, 6.x version or whatever. But if you want to be known for 8.x, then you have to actually go take the exam again um, in once it's released at ACDX 4 version 8.x, whatever that version is, and pass yeah. it. And then once when you, if you do pass it, I mean, do you know what happens? Do they just give you the same number and change the version? You know, I don't know. That's the thing. It's like, because no one says, oh, well, what version ACDX are you? No okay, one asked that question. You. No one asked the question anyway. All right. So they it's don't not ask that big the of a questions. deal. <laughs> 750, 800 ACDXs. That's a pretty good number. That's a pretty good number. And it's a, it's a low enough number that there's not enough of them that, that if you have it, you're valuable in the marketplace. So I think that's a good thing. Yeah, totally. Um, when did the? Do you know when the ACDX first came out? Just curious, how long it's been a lot been out there? You know, and- I, I only know that I, you know from 2013, 2014, I was aware of it, but uh, I don't know when it actually came out. I, I don't, I don't know that answer. I imagine uh, Aruba was acquired by HP probably 2014, something like that. 2014, 2015. Okay. Right. It was already a certification uh, before that. then. Okay. All right. Before yeah, so, that. So I don't know exactly when. And there's, if you go onto the community, you'll see some people that have been ACDXs for, you know, many years. Okay. They, they I just wasn't sure X's. when it came around. You know, like I know the CCDE came out in 2007, um, maybe, maybe 2006, something around there. Um, 2007, yep. I think, is when it came out. So it's been around for 10 years, but I just wasn't sure about like the others. So Aruba's got a good, good presence in the marketplace. Uh, they, uh, they, they, they've grown a lot. Uh, they're growing at, you know, double digits. Um, I think they have a good solution, especially because, um, you know, you can take an AP model, uh, that, you know, it's a three by three AP, 11 AC AP, and you can apply it to, uh, uh, an instant, what they call an instant solution, or you can apply it to the, to the controller. They don't have like cap, you know, a cap only AP. Like you can just, you can take this model and, 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 you know, you can take an instant AP and you can associate it with a controller or if you want, you can disassociate with a controller and then just apply it in an instant environment. So I think that adds a lot of flexibility to the solutions. Um, uh, but they've they've done a pretty good job marketing and they just, they build really good good solutions. They have, they have good uh, technology. And um, so uh, I like their products, um, but um you know, they've. They, I think they're doing some things right. Uh, and now that with this whole idea of of virtual controllers, I um I've been talking to a lot of customers, and customers are very interested in doing virtual controllers, so they don't have the hardware. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If they meet their VM requirements, right? That the demand of the you know the virtual machine, uh, you can now put controllers in VMware, and I think that's exactly. a good thing. 
It's yeah. it's everything's going into a virtual environment. Whatever the hypervisor is, if it's VMware or whatever, um, everything's going to a virtual environment to to save on the yeah. the pizza boxes that are getting shipped out to the data centers. You know, it's it's pretty amazing to see that. I think that vendors have to do that personally. Like they have to have a virtual um, version of their appliances, just because um, the the industry itself has gone away from physical hardware as much as they can. Yeah. Exactly. So they're taking that route big time and I think it's working it's working for them. My next question then for you Tony is uh in your own words and maybe give me some examples too and give the the listeners some examples. Uh what does an ACDX do kind of day to day? An ACDX? ACDX, yep. Okay. So so I don't identify myself as I work as an ACDX, right? I identify myself as I work as an LTA. Right. Yep. Um, the ACDX represents the fact that I have a hardcore skill in a specific brand uh, of a specific solution, and I have a, a good depth of knowledge in that area. And that's really what the ACDX represents. So when I'm in front of customers, if they are aware of the certification, it uh, it it's, it speaks uh, trust and authority to the customers that I speak to that I know what I'm talking about and I understand these things, et cetera, and so forth. So there's two things. You get the privilege of of trust, but you also get the responsibility of being knowledgeable. So it puts on you to be prepared uh, when you talk to a customer, um, to be prepared to understand the technology and, and understand their network design, right? So it has both a privilege, but also a constant responsibility to have any certification, but Aruba is no exception in that regard. So I'm constantly learning constantly on top of their products and solutions. And I will continue to do that. Um, in my career, however, it won't be the only brand, right? I'll be looking at other brands because I am an LTA. And LTAs aren't advocates of brands. We're advocates of technology and we're advocates of our customers, right? Yeah, you're, you're trying to be vendor agnostic, right? As an LTA, you're trying to be a vendor agnostic. That role is trying to keep you from being vendor specific. It's not my role to push any brand. It's the it's the company's role to push their brands. It's not my role. My role is to be an advocate of the customer's yep. solutions, business problems, and find technologies that fit their you know what they're trying to do and how they're trying to operate their business. And uh, that is really my job. So that's kind of the best answer I can give about that. It's okay. it comes with awesome. authority, responsibility, um, and also uh, you know. You know, authority, responsibility, but also as an LTA, I represent, you know, my customers and what they're trying to achieve. Well, that's great. I appreciate the answer to that. And um, do you have any last minute kind of words, comments, um, words of wisdom, anything like that to the listeners? Well, you know, yeah, it's funny. I've been listening to your podcast, but there's one thing I, I you don't have that I think you should have at all your oh, podcasts. You give should me have some. A, yeah, totally. Yeah. So, so my idea is, and so all your uh, Zigbits can listen to this, is to have a word, like a special technology word, and identify what that word is uh, for every pod. So here's the here's the word for this podcast. So I thought I'd just throw out network access control. Some. You know, some of your listeners probably understand exactly what that means. Others, like, what You're does right. that mean? What does NAC mean? I love the so, idea. So, I'm, I'm going to make the official word of this podcast NAC or network access awesome. control. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give my definition in the layman's terms, and and maybe if you want to give your definition or your understanding, or you yeah. can embellish, that's fine. Yeah, either way. But yeah, gotcha. all right. So network access control is a way to decide. What gets on your network? Who gets on your network? When? 
what the context is, where they are, time of day, you know. So, it, network access control is a family of technologies to protect how devices, what devices, what users get on the network and what policies are applied to them. And it's not specifically for wireless network, but applies to wired network. And it it goes beyond the vision of not just statically configuring a network so that whatever plugs into that, whether it's an Ethernet port or an SSID, we're all subject to the same rules. It allows, it's a technology that allows individual users based on how they're getting on that network, whether it's wireless or wired, to get the rules that administrators define ahead of time and the network is smart enough to see what that is when that user connects, how that user connects, who is that user, and what device is he or she using. And then the rule is applied when they connect to the network, whether it's by an Ethernet cable or whether it's over a VPN connection or it's over a uh, SSID or Wi-Fi. That, that was great. So yeah. yeah, that was great. Um, uh, so um, I, I hope I, I didn't cut you off, right? No, no, no. Okay, so, yeah. So um, I think I love the idea first off, and if it, for the other the listeners are on the you know listening to the podcast, I think we'll do that. Um, we'll have a, a a term, word, uh, technology, whatever you want to call it, um, definition, understanding for each future episode. I think that's a great, great idea. Thanks, Tony. Um, yeah, no problem. As for uh, my view of NAC, I think you hit it right, kind of on on the, the head of the nail. Um, for the most part, in my opinion. Um, the way I always say NAC on a high level is, is a policy-driven approach to what is allowed on the network and what's not allowed on the network. Um, and the next kind of word after that is I usually say it's a, a single a single security policy for your organization. Um, and I think those are those are huge benefits that that customers, being vendor agnostic, um, customers can get uh, because today you have a lot of customers out there that are managing security in, in pockets in their network. They're, you know, they're putting firewalls here, firewalls there, and they're doing different ACLs here, different ACLs there. They're doing, you know, maybe they're doing port security. Uh, maybe they're doing uh, layer three ACLs on their VLAN interfaces. Um, you know, maybe they're doing something else along those lines and, um, moving kind of all that stuff to a, a policy-driven approach that you can emphasize your security policy in, whatever it might be, and enforce it in one place. And then when someone plugs in or someone connects to the Wi-Fi or someone connects to a VPN, um, you're, they're getting the same policy. They're getting the same access based on their information, their credentials, their what they are, who they are, um, and, they're, and you're getting the same access everywhere. Or maybe not, depending on what you want to do. It's fully customizable. Um, again, that's that's high level, not vendor specific. Yeah. That's a policy driven approach. So, so our message for the Ziglets is: if you don't, if you're not implementing NAC, you should. Yeah, no, totally. I, yep, yep. I'm with you on that, 100. percent You're talking to the right guy. Maybe we'll have you on a follow on show, and we can talk about some of the specific vendor NAC solutions, like ClearPass. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah? All right. Um, so without anything else, I, first off, I'd like to say I really appreciate you coming on the show, Tony. It, it's been a great hour or so on the show. Um, and uh, I, I hope we'll have you on your show soon. Thanks again for your time. I really do appreciate it. So, Okay. I'm going to go back to the listener mode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Ziglets. That's going to close out this episode of the Zigbits Network Design Podcast on an overview of the Aruba Certified Design Expert Certification with Tony Malika. Thanks for listening. Be sure to visit zigbits.tech to join the conversation and access the show notes. Today's show notes can be reached at zigbits.tech/18. If you liked today's episode, 
if it inspired you, resonated something within you, or provided a level of real-world context, let us know. You can find us on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook by searching for ZigBits. You can also send us an email to feedback at zigbits.tech. Don't forget to join us in two weeks for another episode where we will continue to provide you with real-world context around technology. Bye for now.